How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of NAISB. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Reagan Harrell, and that guy right there, that's Mr. Taylor Thomas. Taylor, we had a perfect game. We had top, top 10 upsets all across the country, top 25 matchups, not a bad slate of action this weekend, man. No, we're back. We're finally back in the full swing of things. Um, I think it started off for most every NAI softball fan around the country as a bit of a surprise, seeing, like you mentioned, the amount of upsets. And obviously, I mean, perfect games are nothing to scoff at no matter who you're facing. But um, I'd say the upsets are probably the most uh, – the thing that stood out the most to me. Uh, maybe we see a year with a lot of parity in the NAI. We'll never know, but um, only time will tell, right? Absolutely, but we're definitely going – it definitely feels like we're trending that way. We definitely have some teams in the top five step up and have good weekends. Southeastern, Freed Hardman, we're going to get into them. We're also, towards the end of the episode, we're going to take a look at another incredible week. It's a, You know, it's really fun that we've gotten to the point in the NAIA where teams aren't afraid to play each other whatsoever. So we get these top five, top ten matchups that we got to see early on, and then we'll get into a top four matchup that is going to be amazing. We'll talk all about that. But first, I mean, there's only one place in the country we we have to start this episode and this weekend recap, and that is in Gwinnett, Georgia. Taylor Thomas, Annalise Wood, 16 strikeouts, a perfect game. Not 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 a not an awful way to start the season. I mean, I've certainly seen worse. No, I mean when you can start off your year as a pitcher um, with a, a zero ERA and sixteen strikeouts, I mean that's pretty good. And like you mentioned, perfect game. Um, did it against Ohio Christian, dominating fashion. Uh, sixteen Ks. I mean, I'm more impressed with people that put the bat in the ball because she <laughs> she almost struck out everybody. I mean. <laughs> 16 to 21 outs were strikeouts. I mean, she was mowing them down. It was an incredible performance to start out. It was really fun to watch. Now, you were an outfielder back when you, you played ball before you hung up the glove and cleats. When a pitcher's going off like that, I don't know if you've even uh, experienced anything like that, but is it just a boring game in center field? No, yeah. I mean, you, like you said, I mean, the outfield, you you can you can get 12 chances and you can get zero over the course of a whole week and – a lot of games. I mean, I remember going back to uh, my college days. We had a we had a fall World Series, and our closer actually he threw about ninety three, ninety four with a really good twelve uh, six curveball. And um, you know, of course, in those inner squads, you're not facing uh, the, the the top nine sometimes. So I'm out there in center, and he uh, he had an immaculate inning. And I looked at him, I was like, Stevie, do I need even to go out and play the field? I mean, you're just <laughs> You're taking them all in your own hands right now. Uh, it reminds me of that Satchel Page story where he, he told everyone in the field to get off and they'd strike him out where he'd just have batter, pitcher, and catcher. And, of course, he did that. It's kind of what Annalise Wood was doing. I mean, boring day if you're a position player, but not boring for Annalise Wood, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I don't know if you could say there's anything boring about a perfect game, but I'm sure the outfielders wouldn't mind a little bit more action. But Annalise Wood, I tell you, we, we've talked about all of these names coming into the year in Freed Hardman and Southeastern, OKC, out west with, with some excellent arms. Kind of one of the names that was, I don't want to say slept on, but nobody knew the, knew her name at all in NAIA softball, really, coming into 2023. And it only took her seven innings to fix that little problem. Yeah, I think everyone's going to mark her down in the scouting report if they um, if they see that they're facing George Gwinnett uh, coming up. That's going to be one you better do some extra preparation for because Annalise Wood is definitely on the national radar. 
And look back to our last episode, Georgia Gwinnett was our pick to be that ninth or tenth team in or maybe first one out. Uh, I don't think that's the case anymore, especially with the way the and the, some of our teams that we picked did over the weekend. I think Georgia Gwinnett, I, I'm at the point where I think there will be a regional in Gwinnett and would not surprise me at all to see them make the short drive probably about an hour and a half south to Columbus. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. Um, I think they kind of go a little unnoticed just because they're an independent uh, independent school, not in the conference. Um, but that clearly, I mean, clearly it doesn't matter. And, of course, we'll get into it later on in the episode. But uh, they got an early season test coming up. Also, George Gwinnett, best social media? I'd, I'd, I'd say top three at least, yeah. It's up there. I mean, it's up there. I think you, them, you go Southeastern. Uh, Cumberland softball is really under the radar. Uh, that's a top. That's this is an off-season topic. We got enough actual softball to talk about. Um, but hey, that was obviously the big headline from the weekend. But there were plenty more after that, Mister Thomas. Upsets all across the country. Number one, number two, number three, number ten. Is this 2007 college football? No, it's opening weekend 2023 for NAIA softball. Katie, I mean, when we look at the upsets, I think we have to start off with what Katie Cunningham did. Look, there's obviously a pitcher of the week in Annalise Wood, but I think if we go for an overall player of the weekend, it's going to be tough not to mention Miss Cunningham as she shut down the defending national champions, Oklahoma City. She goes seven innings, five hits, six strikeouts. She threw one bad pitch the entire day. Unfortunately, when you're playing Oklahoma City and the top of that lineup has someone by the name of Tiffany Paul, well, she can hurt you. That was the lone mistake, a solo shot to tie it up. And what does Katie Cunningham do, Taylor? Well, she says, if you can hit a solo shot, I can do one too. A walk-off for Bellevue from Cunningham, solo shot. They take down OKC two to one. Taylor, you're in Oklahoma City. You talk a little bit about this game and just what went down. Yeah, it was a game I, I was very happy I was able to watch um, uh, one through seven right there. Uh, of course, that being one of the games down in uh, down Allen, Texas this weekend in the tournament. Um, Bellevue, Bellevue is one of the in the North Star, obviously. Uh, that's a conference that really doesn't get talked about a lot when it comes to softball. Um, baseball teams, obviously incredible. Softball team is no slouch either. Uh, you mentioned it, Katie Cunningham. Uh, that one mistake was Tiffany Paul. Tiffany Paul took advantage and tied it up in the bottom of the fourth. Um, but Cunningham, like you said, took matters into her own hands, of course, going up against um, NAI World Series MVP and Shelby Cornelson. Uh, she she wanted to end that game. She did not hold extra innings. It was funny when you heard on the stream, it was kind of like in slow motion when she hit it and you heard a parent right out um, right behind the camera, come on, end this game, end this game, and then just an eruption. As soon as it went over the wall, um, it was it was one of the best games of the weekend down in Allen and the, with a lot of ranked matchups down there. I mean, taking down the defending champs is no slouch. And then, of course, Oklahoma City um, playing them after a loss is not something I'd recommend because they went out and run ruled Lion Arkansas uh, by the score of 10 to 2. Uh, finished that finished the weekend down there. Oklahoma City did four and one, but really a lot of good matchups. I mean, there's a lot of like I. I keep thinking there's going to be a lot of parody and a lot of surprises in this upcoming season. And we certain that wasn't the only examples. We certainly saw more of that down in the Lone Star State. Oakwood shocked USAO behind uh, uh, Bailey Norris. She had a three-run home run late. They weren't the only ones joining in on the actions against the Drovers as Baker uh, 
a team we got really familiar with doing the media days with the Heart of America Conference. They took down the reigning uh, semifinalist. Yes, uh, semifinalist, four to two. Outstanding performance from Kira Baker, who went uh, five innings and struck out nine. Yeah, Baker. Uh, Baker did it all for Baker. I mean, uh, USAO. I wouldn't really overreact if I'm a Drover fan, obviously. Um, I think that there's a lot of teams that are underrated that were in this tournament. And obviously, Baker took them down in nine innings, as well as Oklahoma Wesleyan. Um, but Baker Baker was really the surprise. I mean, I think that, especially with USAO coming off of a loss into that Baker game, you kind of thought that they would kind of roll. And uh, I think Baker kind of heard that noise and took it um, took it personally. And they... Uh, they had a, a statement, statement win, and um, it's it gets me really excited about the Heart Conference. I think it's going to be really a lot more competitive than we thought. You hit on hit on it right there for my next question for you. Is Baker and sorry, I accidentally just kicked my uh my desk. If y'all y'all heard that, my apologies. I mean, you look at Grandview, who also fell this weekend. I mean, is that gap between what we said for the beginning of the year, there did seem to be a gap with CMU and Grandview and then the rest of the Heart of America Conference. It certainly seems now Baker's got something to say about that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Baker, uh, once again, another great social media team there. Um, but the yeah, Baker's put the, uh, put the country on notice for the short time being, that's for sure. I don't see them falling off of the national spotlight anytime soon. I think this is a team that can make a lot of noise. And like we said, one of the toughest conferences in America. Yeah. And now we're going to add on to, to the upsets. Uh, didn't have this one uh, right on my notes. So I'm glad, glad I remembered it though, but uh, not a top 10 team, but a number 11 team in the country. Grandview fell to Northwestern this weekend, 11 to two. Look at Northwestern. They're now seven and zero on the season. Yeah. And then we, we talked about Northwestern last week up in the, uh, up in the uh, the leadoff tournament out there in Illinois, um, of course, teams that took over that were um, obviously Madonna and Aquinas and San Xavier, and the list goes on and on. But Northwestern went under the radar. I mean, they're 7-0 is nothing to scoff at this early on in the season, going uh, two straight weekends against very quality opponents. Of course, Grandview being the um, the the team that was in Columbus last year, That's a, and to beat them soundly like they did, Northwestern's, Northwestern's putting their name out there, man. They're, yeah, uh, There's a lot of teams not in the top 25, and for these fringe top 25 teams, even some who haven't played like Weber, better stay on their P's or Q's. They can find themselves outside the top 25 because there are some teams like Northwestern just coming, scratching, and clawing. Yeah, absolutely. There's a long – we got a long month to go until those first in-season rankings come out March 5th to start a conference play. I think I think a lot of teams are making their case to uh, put themselves in the rankings uh, for the committee from what they did this weekend. I mean, we had, we could talk about just the upsets for this entire episode. There was a lot. Oh yeah. We just reached like the halfway point of talking about the upsets because Allen, Texas wasn't the only tournament that had had a couple upsets with it. Look down in Louisiana, Houston, Victoria took down mobile three, nothing behind the complete game shutout from Cameron Cohen. Yeah. Houston, Victoria um, had a pretty decent showing uh, that, over this past weekend um, at Our Lady of the Lake, of course, and uh, beating CBC. And then, uh, like you said, going down to Louisiana in a really loaded tournament. Um, once again, we wish that tournament did not get rained out, but that is Mother Nature. Um, but Houston Victoria, I think, made the statement of the entire weekend down there in Louisiana. I mean, not only do you beat a team like Mobile, who's a national runner-up, and return all the talent that they do down there, 
Um, but to shut them out too, I mean, that's, that's performance you can hang your hat on for the rest of your, your career. I mean, uh, taking down what many people believe could win the national championship this year and shut them down in a very potent lineup, which we saw them respond that weekend down there. Um, Houston, Victoria, uh, definitely going to give a lot of teams a run in the red river now, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, Right now, they are definitely a favorite or a co-favorite to uh, win the Red River uh, after a performance like that. We can really see what Mobile is uh, coming into this week. We do have one more upset to talk about, but I'll preview for for what's happening this week. Mobile's got some top 25 uh, opponents coming up down here in the Sunshine State. They're going to be taking on Weber and Southeastern. We'll look more into that here in just a minute because we're not done. We had one more top 10 upset out on the West Coast with Hope International taking down uh, one of my Columbus picks in Southern Oregon for nothing. And being able to shut down a Southern Oregon lineup is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, and like we said in the, the preview episode out West, when you got Ali Puente on the mound, you can beat most anyone in the nation. She didn't have the strikeout numbers that we're used to seeing. She only had, I believe, five or six, um, which still is obviously very impressive against a great lineup like Southern Oregon. Um, it's just it's a testament to Puente and the talent that she has. I mean, when you're averaging 10, 11 strikeouts every every time you go out. And like we said, six is nothing to scoff at against a team that many believe are going to make the World Series in Columbus, arguably one of the best lineups in the country. Shut them out, man. And gives Hope International a statement win, and uh, they they have an opportunity to make another statement this weekend, which we'll get into later on in the episode. Quinte's Quinte is fun to watch. If you want to watch a good pitcher go at it, you need to watch Allie Quinte out west. Yeah, I tell you, uh, she is my early pick for an NAI Pitcher of the Year vote. Uh, not that we, I mean, I guess you and me have votes for the NAISB Pitcher of the Year, but there's only a couple of those that go around. But uh, I, yeah, I, Quinte has been sensational in the circle so far earlier in the season. And this has been one of her statement wins of her career. I, I would say doing that. It's a shame that her and Cunningham from Bellevue just had to pitch uh, on the same weekend as Annalise Wood. still very solid performances, but Taylor, let's go ahead and give our uh, a pitcher and player of the week. And then we'll transition into a preview. I don't think we, we need to waste too, too many breaths on pitcher of the week. I think we all know who that is. Annalise Wood, any argument? Yeah, no, I think a perfect game of 16 strikeouts is um, it's going to do – it's going to give you that award for sure, for sure. Excuse me. The only bad thing about the whole situation is it's only down from here, unless she has a 17-strikeout perfect game, which I'm not putting by her. She struck out five and a third in the game of seven innings. Like, she, like that's crazy. It's insane. Okay, uh, player of the week, I think we, we have a couple. We could definitely uh, – talk about but before that we actually uh i tell you what before we do a preview you can go ahead and take, take a look at some of the other top 25 matchups that were this weekend yeah sure let's do it okay all right so so let's do that and then we'll give a give a player of the week and then we'll do our preview so there were plenty of upsets but there were just some great top 25 and good softball matchups uh let's talk about a team who did get upset a couple of times who did have a very strong showing in a top 20 matchup USAO took down Columbia College 2 to 1 behind a very strong performance in the circle from Abby Gregory 7 innings 7 Ks only 4 hits not too bad Yeah no and uh I think Columbia 
Columbia had one of the worst records in the Allen tournament, but obviously they played a lot of ranked matchups, so it's really yeah. nothing to hold your head at. Um, that was a great game, man. I mean, the freshman in her first out- collegiate outing to go out against Columbia, a team who's a perennial power in softball, and uh, two to one ball game. I mean, it was it was an incredible game. Uh, USAO didn't even break through until a big time home run by um, Tyler Trot, the Colorado State transfer. Um, hits the two-run shot in the six to give him that lead, and then Gregory goes out and slams the door shut on Columbia. Uh, USAO, man, I mean, they they lost. Yes, they lost three games, but these games were to really good opponents and not by that much. I mean, I think um, just getting off of USAO for a second, I think the team that impressed the most out of the entire field is definitely Oklahoma Wesleyan. I mean, Oklahoma Wesleyan, of course, their only loss on the weekend was to Columbia in extra innings 9-7. to seven. Or excuse me, not to Columbia, but to Oklahoma City, nine to seven, uh, the defending national champs, of course. Uh, Oakwood once again beat beat USAO, but I think the Eagles definitely, definitely helped their case out, as well as Simpson out of California, as well. Simpson's currently undefeated on the weekend, going for a five and zero weekend. Should they beat Baker and Bellevue uh, today in the last day down in Allen? Uh, like we said, man, this was. This is a really, really good tournament. I mean, it was high-level softball in every single field down there. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these tournaments are are awesome, and you get to see the top matchups go go and play each other. And something we don't see a lot down here uh, in the Sun Conference and down south that we've kind of – we have our teams all go to the Gulf Shores, but a lot of times earlier in the year what we see down here is – teams like like mobile and what grandview are doing coming down and they'll play pretty much the bermuda bermuda uh triangle here in the sun and polk county in the sun conference with warner weber and southeastern solid matchups which kind of similar deal i mean you can go play doubleheader against southeastern on friday and right over to uh babson park for and play at 11 o'clock and take a five minute drive to warner and play, play at two o'clock but i mean w- when we have these entire tournaments and getting to see teams go up against each other has provided upsets and great matchups. Uh, you know, outside of those tournaments, let's talk about a couple of top five teams who were able to avoid the upset upset bug. Really good start to the season for the fifth-ranked team in the country, Freed Hardman, Lady Lions, took down Louisiana Christian 4 nothing, Central Baptist 7-1. to uh, Kennedy Harris-Bennett had a solid game. She went 2-4 for four with an RBI. And, of course, Malaya, Malaya – Hardy, the DP for the Lady Lions, she had a three-run shot, not too shabby. And the pitching, of course, was sensational. Like we've talked about it plenty, plenty of times. This is one of the best duos in the circle. Taylor, but uh, behind Chloe Winters, again, it went a complete game, shutout against Louisiana Christian. And then Brittany Adier, who went seven innings of one run, nine strikeout ball. Uh, Adira did have a little bit of trouble command. She walked seven, but she was able to get out of it. Only gave up three hits through seven. Very solid. And they're really putting their stamp as the best one-two duo in the country earlier on in the year. Yeah, we have a lot of good one-two duos in the circle around the nation. But like you said, Freed Hardman is, it's hard to argue with them not being number one, man. I mean, this is is a team that's preseason picked to go to Columbus yet again. And, uh, I mean, there's there's very good reason for that, and it starts in the circle, obviously. Uh, though, behind those two pitchers, they can be anyone in the country. And like we saw, they had a great showing once again. And 
uh, look for them to get those two to get battle tested this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. They, they got some uh, big ones coming up. We'll, we'll get into in just a second. But hey, another top five team that says, hold on a second. We got a pretty good duo in the circle as well. Right up the road from me in Lakeland, Florida, Southeastern was dominant and flexed their muscles against Bryan College. Game one, Chapel Cunningham goes three for three, a pair of RBIs. Game two, Haley Harrell, three for three, uh, Autumn Hunter is shut down in the mound. Only goes four innings, but gets the hit, gets one. Uh, I'm sorry, gets the win and only one hit against her. Erica Stahl also two runs scored in an RBI. Not too bad. I mean, one of the best lineups, in my opinion, in the NAI. Check that. The best lineup, in my opinion, in the NAI. Definitely showing it, putting up 10 and 9 against a solid Bryant College. Yeah, really, really made it quick. I mean, they they jumped out to an early lead and they they continued to pile on, man. Uh, they, they showed why they are uh, ranked in the top five in the preseason. I don't see them really falling out of that top five throughout any point of the entire season uh, with a lineup like that. And then the, the pitching that they have, of course, uh, with Hunter and Claire Seconder, man. I mean, this is the fire. The fire are a very, very smart choice to have them at least back in Columbus. Um, most people, I know you, of course, as well, have them winning the red banner. And you aren't the only one, man. I mean, Lakeland, it's athletic you down there in Lakeland, man, and really the whole county. And um, I mean, for good for good reason too. I mean, the fire, the fire could potentially be Diamond Sports U this year. I mean, we we shall see come come postseason time. But uh, yeah, they they flex their muscles. I mean, ten runs and nine runs, uh, just like that against a pretty formidable opponent is uh, nothing to scoff at. I think the fire have really set themselves up for success in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think it's past the point of potential. I think they are right now. They are the uh, king slash queens of diamond sports right now. Uh, if there were ranking, if there were week by week rankings in the NAI, Southeastern would be one. Uh, in my power rankings, they have moved from the number three spot to the number one spot. I had the two Oklahoma teams uh, ahead of them. That's not. I'm sorry, not the two. If I had Mobile and OKC. Uh, and Southeastern three, and then USA 04, that's no longer the case for me. I mean, they put up a dominant performance, and straight up, they didn't lose. They didn't lose to a non-top 25 team in their backyard, and they took care of business. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, the fire the fire out of Florida, I mean, they're we're going to look up in May, and this team's going to have a, an incredible record once again, and it really won't be a surprise, honestly. I mean, they're, they're really good. I can't wait. I can't wait to see this match that they got this weekend. I mean, you know, it's obviously SB, not baseball, but hey, there's going to be at least at some point in, in the season and wouldn't surprise anybody at, at the end of the, at the last final rankings if Southeastern's got the number one baseball and softball team in the country. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yes, sir. All right, well, moving on, we got a couple more top 25 matchups where we had, had a little bit of a split. Our Lady of the Lake split with Midland. They had a dominant 11-3 win to start off behind Rebecca Duran and Madison Garzu. Both hit home runs. Cassandra Valdez, another dominant pitching performance that we've got to see this week. Ten strikeout game. However, Midland did get the punch back, didn't they, Taylor? Yeah, they uh they responded with that run. Well, they kind of took that to heart, and um, they took it to uh, Our Lady of the Lake the next day, uh, beating them uh, six to two down there. And they were up six to one until uh, Valdez in the seventh hit the, hit a solo homer 
but otherwise it was a really dominating performance. I mean, our lady of the lake did kind of make things somewhat interesting in that bottom half um, with a few runners on base, but uh, Midland shut it down pretty easily. And uh, of course, Carly Feitzer hits the homer and uh, hits the gritty as well. That That's the early pick for celebration of the year right there. What are um, we rating the gritty? What what are we ra- rating the gr- gritty? I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I was I gave it an eight. I was pretty close to you. That was pretty. She had Justin Jefferson would be proud. She had a lot of yeah. athleticism in that. She had some rhythm. Yeah, for sure. And they uh, they they really went bombs away there in that second game, man. I believe they hit three of the team, and um, there weren't any wall scrapers either. I mean, we had some great video down there um, on yes. the midland side of the midland side of the dugout. Um, I can't remember the name, of course, but want to shout her out too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, midland looks really good. I think. Of course, we were uh, hit the nail on the head in the G pack with Midland being the favorite. I think that we're going to see we could potentially see a matchup like that in the opening round, depending on where Midland goes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's wrap up with, with the recap. Uh, unless you you got something else, last top twenty five matchup. How about them Yotes College of Idaho taking down William and Jessup, who's been red hot at the beginning of the year, six to two. Did take eight innings, but Hannah McNerney and Tira uh, go go it go it go it. I'm sorry, Goats, uh, Gotes. I'm sorry, I'm bad at names. Tara, Gotes. Let's go, Gotes. Gotes. Okay, yeah, I had a. If we're wrong, we will be corrected. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, they both go uh, eight innings, two two earned runs. Yotes put up five in the eighth behind Tanner Higgins and Haiti Peruza. I mean, College of Idaho, man. I, they are a lot of people's. I would say dark horse, if you, if you just consider anything outside the top 10 dark horse, uh, to be a team to win a red banner. And they had a pretty strong sh- showing this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And for College of Idaho, too, I think the hitter that we got to talk about is Haley Lawford, the lefty uh, leadoff. Obviously hit that leadoff homer uh, yesterday against Menlo uh, that we have on the Twitter. Just an absolute shot. I mean, she's come out of the gates red, red hot. Uh, she, I mean, you can't get her out at this point. Um, it's kind of like your guy Ryan Major down at Shreveport hitting like 675 through 10 games. I mean, Lopper's right there. Lopper's right there. She's one of the premier bats in a potent, potent lineup. And like you said, um, kind of a dark horse, if you want to call it that. I can see your point there being out of the top 10. Um, but, yeah, the, the Yotes are hot, man. I mean, they're out west. They're going to they're gonna do some damage for sure. I can't wait for that Cascade matchup. There's going to be some good ones down in southern Oregon. Uh, Eastern Oregon as well. I uh, I believe they went. I know they went at least two and zero on the weekend. Don't think they played uh anybody just just crazy, but they were uh, had a solid performance as well. Uh, you know, acro- across the board, man. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head earlier uh, with with the parody thing. There is a lot of parody that obviously is going to make our jobs a lot harder to uh, tr- try to pick something, but it makes our jobs a lot more fun on doing the recap episodes and get, being able to talk about upsets and everything that went down this weekend in NAI softball. And it's only like week two. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait, man. I and mean, we got a few more weeks of non-conference and big time matchups, like we're going to get into a little bit later on, and then. Once you hit conference play, like we said, we're going to get the the Oklahoma Cities and the USAOs, the Southeasterns and the Webers and the Coastal Georgias, and the list goes on and on. I mean, out west, obviously, like we alluded to, Southern Oregon and Eastern Oregon and Tech and College Idaho, Hope International, man. I can't wait. Yes, sir. Well, let's go ahead and get into this week three preview, man. Well, what's the – oh, yeah, one more thing. I was going to say one more thing from this past weekend, too. 
um, that we uh, we can't move on without mentioning, and that was the CMU and the Mobile matchup. Uh, Central oh, Methodist, gosh. of course, comes down to Louisiana and uh, obviously didn't get the full slate in with the weather being what it was. Um, but that, that Central Methodist and Mobile matchup is a matchup that we could definitely see in Columbus um, later on down in late May. Of course, that was a barn burner of a game with uh, with the Rams uh, winning five to three with the pinch hit grand slam from Jill Robinson. I mean, you want to talk about electricity. I wish that game would have been streamed because I would have loved to hear the crowd reaction from that. I mean, that's that's big time. And not only that, but I mean, pinch hitting. Yes, that's a role. But to do it so early on in the season against a top 15 team like Central Methodist. I mean, that's incredible. That is I think I think that's going to be a, a matchup that we see in Columbus come May. I mean, that was five to three. Really, all you can ask for from two team, two great teams going at it like that. Close ball game. Really, just came down to one mistake, and the Rams took advantage. Yeah, absolutely, man. Don't know how I uh, went past that one in my notes. Good job catching that because we would have uh, looked not so smart if we didn't talk about that game. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, good job on your part. But yeah, excellent game, pitch hit, home run. That's, you know, that's the stuff that legends are made of. You know, it's one thing if your star does it, that's obviously huge and it adds on to their legacy. But to come off the bench and uh, be someone not well-known, it reminds me you know, last year in the NAI Baseball World Series, Jose Marcano comes off the bench yep. and gets to walk off against Tennessee Wesley Ann. I mean, I, th- hey, that's what legends are made of, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great start. Let's see if the Rams can bring momentum. Um, coming into this next week and from that. Absolutely. All right, Taylor, I got one in mind for my favorite matchup coming into the weekend, but let me hear yours. What you got? I think for me, um, it's – obviously, we have a lot here. But, yeah, we got, um, we got a lot. The one, I'm really, the one I'm really looking forward to is uh, is Campbellsville versus George Gwinnett in that doubleheader. We mentioned Campbellsville and the potent lineup that they have. I think they're, they were one of your dark horse picks to make to Columbus, actually. And they're going to be tested early on with a team that very they very well could see in Columbus. Of course, we mentioned Georgia Gwinnett with Annalise Wood. This is going to be Annalise Wood's first real test of the season, going up against what people what a lot of people consider to be a top five lineup in the country uh, with the Campbellsville Lady Tigers. I think Campbellsville and Georgia Gwinnett um, doubleheader. Obviously, I think those those two are going to be settled one to two runs. It's going to be some high level softball in Lawrenceville. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be uh, some very high level. I believe that's a midweek matchup, correct? Uh, Friday, Friday. Friday, okay. They will also be going down to Brunswick, Georgia, continuing their Peach State trials as Campbellsville is going to be playing Coastal Georgia as well. That's a matchup I am very excited for, for both Suncast and NAISB. But that is not my, my main one. But, yes, Campbellsville will be a side. I think we get to figure out a lot about them early on, Taylor. Will they be – Will they make me sound smart and look like a team that could absolutely find themselves back in the Peach State after this Peach State run? Or will they be a team that's like, okay, they got to get some stuff fixed before they take on the likes of a team I'm about to talk about here in a second. And and that team is Tennessee Wesleyan versus Freed Hardman. A top 10 matchup I'm so excited for. Obviously, the team I was talking about was Freed Hardman. They're in the same conference. But Tennessee Wesleyan, World Series rematch between these two. Taylor Thomas, this is my NAI softball week three matchup of the week. Yeah, and for good reason, too. We mentioned earlier, uh, just arguably the best two, the best one two duo in the circle in the country um, lies in Henderson, Tennessee, in most people's opinions, in Freed Hardman. 
and going up against um, a World Series team from uh, last year in Tennessee Wesleyan out of the Appalachian. Um, I, I think that Tennessee Wesleyan being in the Appalachian Conference really – and it might be because they dominate it so much. Uh, they really don't get a lot of love or a lot of hype, I would say, on the national scale. And this is going to be an early season matchup uh, to put them on the national stage right here. Um, if, if they if they split one of these games, if you can if you can beat one of the two Freed Harbin pitchers, you're gonna you're gonna gain a lot of respect nationally for sure. Because like we said, they're they're one of the best one two duos in the country. Um, this is gonna be if we had ESPN, I think this is where ESPN would be right here with uh, with Beth Moens and Jessica Jessica Mendoza, the voices of NCAA softball. Um, if we had that. They would definitely be in Henderson, Tennessee, watching these two go at it because it's it, it's a World Series matchup early on in February. I mean, you, you it's hard to find those. Dude, forget ESPN. Imagine if like money wasn't an object for us and school and many other factors uh, weren't in play. Imagine being able to doing something like that and just being able to fly out there for this matchup after being down in either Allen, Texas, or Alexandria, Louisiana this past weekend. Oh. One day, one day, my friend. But, sponsors. Hey, right, we need sponsors. <laughs> sponsor NAISB and start getting this train moving. Let us know. I'm sure we could work something out. We got got one thing one thing in the works, but we're, we'll keep those cars close to the chest. But, yeah, as you said, Appala- Appalachian Conference uh, does not get the love it is. That's just somewhat warranted, somewhat not. There just isn't the, the firepower and the lineups – for a lot of teams in this conference. And that was the big knock uh, that they got when they got to Columbus and Tennessee Wesleyan wasn't able to really do anything on the offensive side of the game. So if they are able to go in, you know, even if they lose a game four to three or four to five, if they're able to put up just a few runs, that'd be really impressive uh, from the Bulldogs. Because like I said, this is going to be, this is an incredible duo for the free Harvard Lady Lions. Uh, the AAC is going to have another test. Uh, arguably, the second best team, I would say, uh, is going to be heading down to my neck of the woods. Truett McConnell, they are going to be taking on Southeastern and Weber this weekend. Uh, look, I think for Truett McConnell, uh, if I think they, their goal is to win at least two games uh, between those four mm-hmm. in that doubleheader. If you lose two to Southeastern, okay, go sweep Weber. If you split – then split with Weber or sweep Weber and you get three, three or four. And you, the, that gap between t- Tennessee Wesleyan and the rest of the AAC evaporates. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a great early season test for these, these clubs too. obviously going down to Florida um, where obviously softball is different and you're going up against, like you said, in Southeastern, a team that is picked by a lot to win the national championship as well as Weber, who is no slouch either. I mean, they were obviously in Columbus right there as well. Obviously, two of the top three teams right here in the Sun Conference, who, as we know, could very well be the best conference in NAI softball, as they are in baseball. Oh, and yeah. like we said, if Truett, if Truett McConnell can go 2-2 two and two right here in this, in, in this slate, I think that's a win for them uh, going up against high-quality talent. Three of four, now it's now the folks in Kansas City are going to start to to take notice of Truett McConnell and um, maybe give some more uh, some more shine some more light on that Tennessee Wesleyan Truett McConnell battle in the Appalachian there 
Uh, this is going to be a really good Florida trip for him, obviously, with the, being the weather the way it is and then going up against great uh, softball. Well, we're getting uh, – I would, you'd think it hurt, it'd be hurricane season the way it is outside right now. It's not really raining too hard. We got about 25, 30 mile an hour wind outside, which I'm oh. sure Oklahoma, that's just casual, but you know. Oh, that's a normal spring day. <laughs> well, that, that's not going to be the uh, only big matchups. We got plenty of more looking ahead at this slate. Uh, I tell you, a really fun matchup that I'm looking at is out west. Hope International has got themselves a gauntlet out mm-hmm. And on the West Coast, Eastern Oregon, Southern Oregon, uh, and Jessup. They all have to go up against Hope International. Taylor, what are you expecting from them this weekend? High strikeouts from Ali Puente. <laughs> I think as long – look, and it's no disrespect either to her her uh, teammate in the circle, Olivia Candelis, who um, obviously they lost that other game to uh, Southern Oregon this past weekend, but she only allowed three run runs and went seven innings, and those three runs were early on in the game. Um, but Puente, as long as she's on the mound, I don't care who they're facing, man. They got a shot. They they can win it. And I think that, say she gets two starts this weekend, I think that she wins at least one, and uh, we're going up against three ranked teams right here in Eastern Oregon and Jessup and uh southern oregon as well i mean this is going to be this is going to be awesome to watch um it's a, it's a great slate out west with arguably the top four teams or four of the top five teams excuse me in that region of the country and um hope international is going to be tested early on i mean we we saw puente beat southern oregon last year we saw him beat him uh this past weekend too as well uh but hope international against eastern oregon and then jessup look out i mean out west that's that's the one to watch for sure yeah, I mean, and the other team, uh, I assume, in that top five is Vanguard. Uh, Van- and they weren't really in the recap uh, as much. Vanguard did have a, a solid weekend, but but still, uh, going back to Hope International and uh, their gauntlet uh, for week three, I think the matchup that I'm most interested in seeing is what they do, and I'm sorry, I just kicked my desk again. I don't know why. Uh, uh, the, anyways, I'm really excited to see Hope International take on Eastern Oregon this weekend. That's going to be a really fun matchup. Haven't seen Eastern Oregon go up against top competition yet in 2023 season. So getting to see what they do against Hope is going to be very interesting. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, like we said, with those one, two right there, I mean, that's probably the most underrated pitching duo in the country out there um, out West and Hope International. And then, uh, Facing these top lineups so early on, I think it's only going to serve them even better for um, come conference tournament play when Hope International, of course, tries to take down defending champion Jessup out there out west. Um, if once those Eastern time games are over, I know if it might be past your bedtime because we're getting old, but um, these are going to be the matchups to watch, man, out, out west for sure. Hope International, like we said, Eastern Oregon, Jessup obviously being ranked, um, and then Oregon Tech as well. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's going to be another top 10 matchup. Southern Oregon's taking on Oregon Tech. Uh, they'll, they also will be playing uh, Simpson, uh, the, the three of them. You know, it's weird. I don't really – I can't really think of any other conferences that are really playing each other this early on. Uh, Sun Conference baseball is, but outside of that, I really see no, – you don't really see a whole lot of that. And it's interesting. I like it a lot. Yeah, and then back to um, back to Simpson right there too, like we said earlier – um, they're undefeated right now in Allen, Texas, yeah. and then um, they could 
potentially if they beat a, a team like Baker and then obviously a team like Bellevue, they'll be five and zero rolling into this. They're uh, out of the Cal Pack, not one of the most competitive ones in the country. Like if we're comparing it, obviously to the, the Sun or the Sooner, or the, um, the Cascade or anything like that. But it, um, if Simpson, obviously, I think Simpson's kind of won their weekend being undefeated right now. If if they win one more today and then go in and take at least one game, and this is a this is a team that's going to be put on the radar and um, it's going to make their case early on to have an opening round should they should they roll through the conference like I think they will. This is a good team that really nobody's talking about in Simpson. No, I'll tell you, another good team that's been off to a very solid start, and we get to see them take on a team who may be the biggest question mark coming into this year. Madonna's taking on Lindsey Wilson in a doubleheader. Lindsey Wilson right on the cusp of that top 25. They're one of those teams that are just hanging on, and there are some teams that are knocking on that door, and Lindsey Wilson's going to have a rude awakening to their season. This Madonna Crusaders team has been red hot to start the year. Yeah, they've been rolling, like we said, out in Illinois last week and in the leadoff tournament. They uh, they dominated Mason Schlouds coming in uh, with that .9 ERA and the, the 20 strikeouts and 23 innings to no walks. And uh, against a formidable Lindsey Wilson team, um, I don't – like we said, Ali Puente is a really good arm. I think Mason Schlouds is right up there with her as far as uh, being an underrated arm in the country. Um, to, once again, I want to reiterate something. She threw 20 innings. And did not walk a single batter, striking out twenty hitters. Uh, not too shabby. I mean, that's Just, okay. You want to talk about putting it where you want it? I mean, uh, and if I think the Madonna Crusaders can win a lot of a lot of softball games with Schloud in the circle, and I, let's see if she can continue her red hot start on the mound against, uh, like we said, a, a very good Lindsey Wilson team this weekend. And you know, with something. That's even crazier. She has 20 strikeouts and and you said 20 innings of work, correct? Uh, 23 innings, I believe, and 20 Ks to the zero walks. Yeah. Annalisa Wood needed seven to almost match that. <laughs> Just had to, had to go back. Had to go back. back. I think she might get that. Uh, she uh, A 20 strikeout, perfect game? Maybe. You never know. Lord, that, ugh, that would be – Arguably the greatest pitching performance ever, but <laughs> to, to wrap up, to wrap up uh, this weekend preview, unless you have some more, uh, we do have my home state, the Peach State, uh, the big Georgia matchup, Coastal Georgia versus GGC. will be a top 20 matchup uh, between Sun Conference and independent foes and a doubleheader. Uh, look, we're going to really find out a lot about GGC. Um, all due respect to Ohio Christian, they're uh, not exactly a team we're expecting to see do, do too much in postseason play, uh, but still hats off to George Burnett, took care of business. Now, what will GGC do this weekend against two extremely good lineups? We've already talked about Campbellsville, but Coastal Georgia, who is another one of those teams that are, that's outside the top ten, but they are a they are a sleeping giant. Look, last year did not go the way they uh, – I'm sorry, it did not go the way it wanted to at the end of the year. Obviously, Southeastern and Weber being the two Sun Conference teams representing in Columbus. But don't be surprised at all. Coastal Georgia comes out really early, swinging, and makes a statement early on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we obviously talked about Southeastern and Weber making it to Columbus last year. Coastal Georgia really didn't get talked about, of course, with uh, losing the star Bryce Peacock to injury last year. Uh, really just kind of um, hurt their chances. I mean, it's kind of hard to – to 
to rebound from something like that when arguably your best player um, has a season-ending injury. Um, it's just it's a real blow to the team. And with her back, I think um, I think they're primed, man. I think they're primed to uh, give give Weber and Southeastern all they can handle in, in the conference this year. And like we said, uh, going up against Candlesville and GGC this weekend is going to be a great test. Yeah, I mean, straight up in my Sun Conference power rankings uh, coming in, I have Coastal Georgia above Weber. Uh, just with how much they brought back, they bring back their entire entire lineup. Uh, Bryce Peacock as well. She'll be right back playing for them. Sarah Thinger is going, going to be back for the Mariners. They're going to be an extremely tough out. Um, if, if there's a team uh, down in the Sun Conference that can take down the fire, I think it's the Mariners, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Coastal Georgia is going to be a team that, um, I know we know of, um, but uh, come come April, come May, I think I think we can see him right up there in the top twenty-five. I don't think that would shock me at one bit. Yeah, I mean they're already already. I think they're eighteen or nineteen, but I think they'll they'll just stay right there in the top twenty-five. Uh, I, I do agree with you. Though. I think they're a team that's looked at as one of those top twenty-five teams that'll fall out. I don't agree with that that at all. Yeah. Now they go out there and get boat raced against uh, Campbellsville and GGC. We have another discussion to have. But I think the Mariners could very well go three and one or at least two and two this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch for sure between um, Coastal Georgia, like we just mentioned, and then really everyone else that we just talked about. I mean, to have great matchups like this so early on in the season, I mean, it's February. Um, we People are still in football mode. Uh, so yeah. to have, like, like we said, to have these big time matchups, it's going to be fun not only to test um, these teams and get them ready for postseason play, but. Um, us as well and then obviously fans across the country it's going to be high level action all throughout the weekend yeah absolutely man so taylor you got any other uh big games big matchups for the weekend are you ready to give our players players of the week uh one more i'm looking forward to um that we uh didn't put down here but um that's oklahoma city uh going up against both missouri baptist and uh coddy college out of missouri uh coddy's one of the uh Around the receiving votes category, one of the independent teams, but um, this is a team that uh, plays USAO a lot, was in their opening round last year and um, always puts up a great fight. And obviously Missouri Baptist as well out of the AMC. Uh, I think those two uh, going up against the number one team in the nation, I think that we're going to learn a lot about them as well. And uh, it's going to be, it's not going to be a um, an easy weekend by any stretch uh, for the stars down there at Ann Lacey Stadium. It's going to be fun to watch as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just another one. Hey, we got another great slate, uh, a lot of content we, we're going to be able to make. Uh, great podcast coming up. Uh, speaking of great, let's talk about some great performances over the weekend. We've already given you all our picture of the week, but we'll go with the player of the week. Uh, Taylor, my vote's got, got to go to Katie Cunningham for her performance against Oklahoma City. Uh, obviously, the, the way she shut down that top-end lineup and then the solo shot to end it, uh, you know, think you could argue there are players with better stat lines maybe this week, but just what she did against the defending national champion, shutting down the lineup, only throwing one bad pitch, and then having a walk-off home run, that's good enough for me. What about you? Yeah, I think I agree with you. It was a little bit tougher for me. Um, I At first, I wanted to go with Rebecca Duran um, mm-hmm. out there at Our Lady of the Lake. I mean, she's come out of the gates red hot. I, I think she's only gotten out, I mean, four or five times over these previous two weekends. Uh, but it's got to be Katie Cunningham for me. Not only did I see it live, um, but like we said, uh, not only to hit the home run against 
what many believe is the best pitcher in the NAI and Shelby Cornelson. I mean, she, like you said, World Series MVP in 2022, or excuse me, early in 2023, or yeah, 2022. Sorry. Uh, good thing I'm not in school. I'd be writing the wrong date still. But right. yeah, Cunning, Cunningham uh, shutting down, still an incredible, incredible lineup um, with the seven innings and one earned. Uh, to hit the walk-off home run against Cornelson and really give Bellevue a statement win and probably the biggest statement win of the entire weekend. Uh, it's Katie Cunningham, player of the week for me. Absolute bomb, too. I mean, she not only did she hit the home run, she put together great at-bats. She was a tough out all weekend, and she was really mixing speeds and uh, sequencing really well and shut down a great lineup in the Oklahoma City Stars. Yes, sir. I mean, hey, plenty of other great performances uh, across the country, but I think those were our two best pitcher player of the week. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, if you got anything else for the episode, uh, you got anything? You ready to wrap this thing up? Uh, I think I'm good to go. Just uh, once again, what do we want to uh, reiterate it? Um, all throughout nine, 10, big, big time matchups uh, coming this week and starting Thursday. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun, man. I can't wait. Let's let's get to it, man. Let's uh, let's wrap it up and get ready. Yeah, I'm really exci- excited too because Weber's heading up to uh, the Southeast Rumble, so I'm not going to be on, on the call this weekend. I'm pretty sure. I don't think we have best. Oh wait, we might have basketball at home. Okay, I tell you that back. Never mind. We have basketball. Still, really excited. We'll have more time at least to watch some NAI softball. I know Taylor, you're going to be right on top of it, doing your thing on Twitter. All right, man. That's pr- pretty solid. Great episode. Taylor, see it. We'll, we'll be talking more this week about NAI softball. To all of you, thank you for the, for tuning in. Y'all have a wonderful week and tune in to some awesome NAI softball.